At about an hour. I did have one kind of additional question to throw out if you uh, want to take a spin with it and uh, see your thoughts on it. So if you have a little bit of extra time, up for it. Okay. So I, I put up a poll on Instagram yesterday. Uh, I've been curious about, because I'm always curious about the creative process, but I've been extra curious about um, the start of a writing process. But my question I put up on Instagram was, how does your writing process begin? And my options were uh, in the form of notes, like words, phrases, fragments, journaling, sentences or drafting, kind of right to the, right to the sentence level, or something else. So I had four options. And the results, not a huge sample size, but what the heck, it was the best I could do. And given my Instagram following, 47% uh, said notes, which is where I uh, where I would be. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that that was the that was the dominant one. Uh, words, phrases, fragments, and notes. Uh, only 8% was journaling, which was all surprising because I thought that would be kind of the, the common one. So only 8% said journaling. 33% said sentences and drafting, and 12% said something else. How does your writing process start? Do you have a note-taking practice? Is it something consistent enough to call a practice? Is it something random? What do you do? I'm happy to talk about it first. Um, so I pretty much only do generative writing in community. Um, I have a, a writer's circle that I meet with uh, every other week, and then I have one other writer that I meet with about twice a month. So I end up doing it about weekly and we do timed um, writes. A lot of times we'll read a poem first and then write immediately after. Um, and so pretty much all of my generative writing comes from eight to 15 minute spurts of handwritten free writes that come um, in the presence of others. So like after we have that timed amount of time, everyone has the chance to read if they want to. Um, and I put all of that in a document that I call raw material. Some of it turns into poems the way it came out. And some of it are just individual lines that turn into things they didn't know they were going to be. Um, that, that, yeah, begs a couple of questions. So um, you hit a key word for me, community. So I call, um, affectionately call what we do a wild roof, creative community. Um, so how does that look? Is that like literally in the same room as people? Do you still kind of do it via Zoom in these days? Do you, how big is it? Four people, eight people, 12 people? Like how does that actually come together? Yeah, um, the way I started the practice was I joined them, this group called Portland Women Writers. Um, gosh, it must've been going on like six years ago or something like that. So at that point, when I came into that practice, I had never done it before. And um, we met in person. I would go to someone's house. We'd sit in a circle in a living room and like, you know, 12 people would be there and, and we would all do, do this kind of same process together. Um, as time has gone on, I think my circle has gotten a little smaller and more tight knit in terms of like 
really trying to find people to write with who have a desire for their writing to turn into something. So there, there are a lot of people who really get a lot of writing out in those circles, but they don't really have plans for their writing to, to go anywhere after that. And I tend to gravitate towards more motivated individuals, I guess, like people who feel like they're in the process of building something like that's who I want to be writing with. Um, and so usually now it's anywhere from three to six people, which is nice in terms of a time commitment because then everyone has time to share, but you can, you can book through three writes in an hour and 15 minutes, you know, and that generates a lot of material as opposed to, you know, a whole room of 12 people. You're there for three hours and you get three writes. So. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm glad I asked because that's not something I really considered too much in the sense of like, what did you call it at first? Generative writing? I call it generative writing. Yeah. I am um, a really highly critical part of my brain. So it's been a big part of my writing practice to separate the two sides. So like the generative writing is like this, like mushy cries easily needs to be like, it's okay. Whatever you make is fine. And like that space needs to be completely separate from workshopping space, which I do in a completely other community and only with work that I'm feeling some distance from. Robert, any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm really enjoying hearing what you have to say, Ash, because this is something I'm trying to build right now uh, in my life coming to this art form more recently. And uh, I guess to, to go back to the technical question from the survey, I'm definitely a drafting person. Um, Ash, it's funny. I know you what you were saying about the the critic's voice. And I think, you know, me and my critic are so melded um, that <laughs> it, it, like that it's become like, okay, I guess we're not separated. So we're just going to play the game together. We're just going to both show up right now. And that's going to be what it's going to be. Um, that being said, I do notice this grabbing a stenographer's pad or a little scrap of paper where the, where the paper starts to define and physically shape the text that spills out. Um, and sort of forces me into making some decisions. Um, and then uh, and then I often like redirect to a digital format pretty quickly because I love playing with line breaks and then printing it out and then scribbling and marking and then printing it out and sort of like trying to sort of assess shape. So yeah, I'm definitely a, a, a drafting type um, right, right away. And usually like Ash was saying, it comes in these small spurts. I sort of have an intensely emotional moment and then grab the pad. <laughs> you know, my, my, sometimes my partner will be in the middle of saying something and I'll just be like, hold, hold the phone on that. I got to sit down and do X, <laughs> uh, you know, just to sort of see what comes out. Um, since April is approaching, one thing I've done for the last couple of years that's been fun is the home a day for, for April. And for that, uh, some of my friends who've done that with me also do the like, you put a 10 or a 12 minute timer on and we just go and play with a little bit. And we have this bad poetry <laughs> Facebook or, or, or very raw Facebook place where we, uh, a page where we just post whatever comes out and try to own and just celebrate that we're in the process and also be like, oh, there's a little gem in there. That's cool. Follow that, you know, um, uh, to sort of have that vibe. That being said, uh, I think I'm actively trying to build, Ash, what you were talking about, um, uh, the finding. I have a bunch of 
really smart friends who are excellent writers. And this is also a thing that they do very much in the margins of their life. And so there's this interesting dynamic of so loving to hear the thoughts of, of, of people who have that perspective, whose minds are being stimulated by some other part of society constantly. And also balancing that with this desire to, you know, churn and like move, like I, I want to start building a chat book. And that just requires this sort of volume of time and generation that um, my peers who I love and teach me so much that they're not spending that time right now. So that's cool that you found that. And I, hearing you say it, I noticed that I was even more hungry for it. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's, there's something really important in that. I've never done like the poem a month thing. Um, because right, April is like the National Poetry Month. That's the that's the that's the. Oh yeah, we do poem yeah, poem a day. Yeah, it was interesting. Day, I said poem a month. Yeah, yeah. One um, one of uh, so one thing that came out. I think I've because I was new to this, read a lot of very well known poets, and that was who sort of brought me into poetry. And a lot of my approach has been shaped by those really iconic poems. And it wasn't until later in the month that just out of desperation and insanity, I started getting weird um, and then started writing poems like I had never written before. So that was a moment for me as a novice to be like, oh, there is something to this, like do it every day until you're insane <laughs> strategy. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I always, I always go back to in terms of like that kind of illustration, you know, debatable whether it turned out any good or not, but I did kind of a similar spin on like the monthly creative exercise thing. So it was called a February fun a day. So it was like, you know, you're supposed to do, every, do something every day for a month of February. So it wasn't limited to poetry. It was just something creative. So what I did, and this was years years ago, but I did, I wanted to write a, a sentence or do some piece of writing that had uh, the number of words per day. So February 1st was one word, February 2nd, two words, and then up to 28, a 28 word sentence. So like the sentence grew by one every day. So I ended up doing it. And then, yeah, it's just one of those interesting things where like the limitation makes you do something you would normally do if you just said write a sentence. Um, you, have to write, you have to write a 26 word sentence, like you have to make it a certain thing. Um, so it's successful in the sense that there's like interesting sentences in there, but putting them all together into like a short story thing, which is very kind of weird and abstract and like surreal. And like a lot of non sequiturs are going on because that's just the way my mind worked at the time, or maybe still does, whatever. If I did it again, I'll probably do the same thing. But it's just kind of what happened. Those little seemingly artificial challenges, I think, are super useful because, you know, whatever, wherever you can get motivation to do something like that, like, go for it. <laughs> I think that yes. um, also, like, when you have fun challenges like that and you can kind of drag in accountability buddies with you, um, there's there's a lot to be said for the amount of energy that, that gets put behind that. And I've I found... Um, I've did uh, I've done a couple hundred hundred poems in a hundred day challenges with a few of my friends, and I feel like the first one was more successful, just in the sense that we weren't burnt out yet. <laughs> but um, like uh, 
if you are feeling stuck, I feel like it's a really great thing to commit to. Or if you feel like you're like, oh, I just always write about the same thing over and over because you're doing it like so frequently, so close together that you'll come on to something fresh because you'll you'll burn yourself out on whatever that thing is that you feel like you write about all of the time. You just won't be able to do it for another day. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that, that works. So yeah, I, however you can get there, I think. It's probably a useful process. But yeah, my vote in terms of the, the writing process, if I didn't say it already, well, just in the, in the in the note section, words, phrases, fragments. So I've been on a little kick and I'd like to keep it going. I'm just doing like a page in a notebook. And when you said the shaping, like, so I'll draw, I guess, you know, I've kind of been drawn to mountains. That's, there's, you can psychoanalyze it all you want, go for it. But I'm just like drawing the, the mountain shape over and over again. So I'm just feeling like the shape with words. Um, so it just, it's not just this trying or not trying. It's not just a rectangle page that you're just like writing sentences. That doesn't work for me. The journaling thing doesn't really work because I say this isn't worth writing. Like I went for a walk what, tomorrow and then I don't go for a walk. What am I supposed to write? So the journaling thing doesn't work for me. It just has to be these little things that I hear. That was interesting. Notice that. A lot of it's repeated. So if there's a phrase or something, it'll be repeated different places on the page. Like maybe I'm a lunatic. I'm repeating these random phrases over and over again in different spots, whatever. Um, but it's just kind of that element of your writing, the tactile thing. You said like you're having the pad, something that is there. It's, you know, you're putting it down. You have a pen that's so, so important also. And then you could look back and say that piece, that fragment, that thing, that thing. The raw materials you said you're giving yourself raw materials for later who knows we'll see i bought another notebook my notebook's about 45 percent full already went out and bought another one just in case um, I, I relate Aaron, just really quick with the um the watching phrases come back um and repeat that like paying attention to the stickiness of those and sometimes not having it feel you know, in your right mind or logical um, that, that what I think, I mean, Awaiting the Orionids is a very careful poem that like hyper rational <laughs> uh, sort of in its structure and blood guilt and serious child, their charm comes from something else, <laughs> you know, this, that where it starts to feel sort of repeated and a little bit hazy. And I think, yeah, that's even though, I love me a super clear poem. I know for myself, just starting to come into this art form. And it's great to start with clarity because clarity is hard. Like, like it's a great, like I'm enjoying myself trying to start there, but then as I'm just starting to crack the door open and paying attention to well, what if I say this three times? What if I, <laughs> or how oh, I keep wanting to say this um, and allowing that play to happen. Um, anyway, when you were just describing that, like uh, this, feels crazy and I'm going to trust and lean into that um, has been really fruitful and fun for me. Yeah. Well, the concept clarity is hard. I mean, I'm, I'm going to write that down in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like the repetition thing, um, Jack Cornfield is somebody I like to listen to now and again. He says 90% of your thoughts are reruns. <laughs> 
So, you know, when you're thinking 90% of the time, it's something you thought before. It's the memory, it's the pattern, it's the thing you're familiar with. So yeah, there, there's kind of something to that. And what, you know, ultimately what sticks, what's important, what do you notice? How do you find a way to do it in a new way? Um, I've seen the stars before, I've seen a tree before, I've seen, you know, a muddy path before when I went on my walk yesterday. But how do you kind of experience it new? That's the whole, you know, that's what we do when we're doing this kind of stuff, creative work. So that's the, uh, that's the trick. If you can get there, then you're doing something. We could probably wind it down at this point. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining in. You're part of the community now. You can't get out. You're in the vortex. Um, you've been published. You're on the podcast. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your thoughts. Um, otherwise, I'll talk to you again soon. Talk to you later. Thank you. Good to meet you, Ash. You as well. Bye.